Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1235 in Evans. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer at a little home office today with the dog, the three cats, the kids. And one guaranteed listener every day, no matter what. My wife. Uh, this is Oilers now. Uh, yes, and we have a lot, we got a lot of really smart, intelligent listeners that love to keep us on us. Keep the text coming on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. I, I mentioned, uh, and Brendan, we talked briefly about keeping the Oilers line of Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, and Yamamoto together, and then working around that. That's what I would do. That's what you would do. Louis DeBrus is coming up. We're going to ask him about that. We will tell you that with Connor Yamamoto in the lineup. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers went 16-7-4 with Kyler Yamamoto in the lineup. Ryan Nugent Hopkins' season turned uh, literally on a dime. In his first 40 games, he had seven goals, 20 points, and was minus 10. In his uh, final 25 games, RNH had 15 goals, 41 points, and was plus 11. Uh, sometimes it just works with a uh, trio of guys. Without further ado, we are going to head off to our headliner today for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. We welcome back to the show the big man, Louis DeBrus. How are you doing, Louis? Hey, Bob. How are you doing today? Good, good. Have you uh, done a little bit more thorough research in that potential of a 5 versus 12 matchup? We had Dave Tippett on yesterday. Um, I can tell you that I redid my lines a bit. Dave said something about liking the heaviness of the trio of care at center with Neil and Chase on, so I moved Tyler Ennis up with Connor McDavid. Uh, lots of options and maybe a sign right now, Louie, that the Oilers have a lot more depth than they've had up front and, for that matter, on defense. No question. I think, um, you know, when you look at the lineup, the way it took shape um, when the season was paused for Edmonton, they were they were they had a lot of options. People were getting healthy. They had options to throw into different situations. And I know Dave Tippett did some experimenting and was trying to find some different combinations. There's no question um, that the line with Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto, you know, just took off. That was you know lightning in a bottle. Terrific chemistry. They were effective right away, and they never really looked back. And, and you just can't 
plan that. That's something that happens. You never really want to mess with that type of chemistry. So I don't necessarily see them messing with that initially. Um, again, this is just my take on it, my guess, but I, I certainly wouldn't because of how well they played. And then Connor McDavid, you know, has had a plethora of different wingers um, on his right and left hand side. And uh, but I do believe. Um, they'll probably go back to some consistency there as well and probably have Cassian up there with him because he's a, familiar with him. It's a big guy in a playoff series. That's the heaviness that you talked about all year long with Dave Tippett. And, you know, and then the other ones just fit into place. And it'll be an opportunity. I, I look at this as a real opportunity for players um, to step up and, and grab more ice time. I think in a, in a series like this, that happens with a lot of time to prepare for it. There's going to be a certain way you're going to want to play, and there's going to be certain players that you think can play that way. But if you can't, I do believe there will be changes, and I've said it all along. I think this will be uh, interchangeable, and there will be changes throughout it. If there's not, that's obviously a very good thing because you're winning. If you're not winning, though, and you need to make changes, I think it will happen very quickly. Yeah, against Chicago, I mean, we mentioned the heaviness of one line, and some people said, well, why do they need that? Chicago's tends to be a quick team. You might be able to get to their defense uh, as well. By the way, Louis, was there ever a time well, where you... I'll explain you, that. You know, I would like to actually address that if you don't mind, Bob. Sure. The reason for that is you, you now impose your will on the opposition. And I, I never forget a statement from Steve Smith years ago when he told me, he said, you know what? He goes, I didn't mind playing against the offensive fast lines. I didn't mind it at all, cycling down low, using my stick, using my size, using my reach. But when the big force line came out and they grounded and pounded him into a pulp in the corner for 45 seconds on an offensive shift and they finished checks in every chance they had, he said over the course of a game, over the course of a series, that can take a toll and that can wear you down. And look no further than the St. Louis Blues last year. They were relentless, they were physical, and they leaned on teams throughout the entire playoffs. And every single team that played the St. Louis Blues after the series was banged up. And that's how they play, and that's how they want to stand the cup. So I think that that's very important to have that element in your lineup, and that's what they're talking about when they talk about heavy. So I just wanted to clarify that. It's not necessarily slow. It's physical. It's yeah. trying to take a piece out of the opponent to slow them down even more. That's how you slow down a fast team. Louis, uh, Cam Moon texted me uh, yesterday. He goes, hey, Bob, just a reminder, Game 791 is on again. Uh, tonight on Sports Night, so I watched it last night after you and me had a little conversation after I walked the dog, and I, you know, I, I remember my friends. I'd worked in uh, in Ontario in Manitowoc, the hometown of Flames head coach Jeff Ward, in 1989, and I made some friends with some guys from uh, uh, McGill and Western Ontario, and they weren't hard-nosed planters, but they loved hockey. And they were like, call back then, you didn't text anybody, right? They'd call you, like, yeah. dear, and they'd be up until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning watching the series between Edmonton and Calgary. And it was like rollerball on ice. And when you mentioned Steve Smith, he was paired with Jeff Bukaboom in that series against Calgary. The last two Stanley Cup champions, you know, the Oilers winning the 90, the Flames winning in 89. And those guys were just any ch I mean, it... <laughs> Today's player must watch a series like that, and the, the amount, I mean, guys were just burying each other at will. Oh. Non as much as, you know, you watched Jake last year in Boston, and they had a phys, uh, Boston oh. can play physical as well. But 
it, it that was a physical series against St. Louis. But man, that series ninety. I don't know if you you were you were still Rangers property at that time. I don't know if you got a chance to see much of that or have watched it again recently. But there is never. I mean, even when you were with the Oilers in '97 against Dallas, Louis, you guys yep. pounded the Stars every chance you got. <laughs> okay, uh, kind of makes me laugh a little bit because there was you know there was you know Kevin Primo assistant coach used to put a video together every single game and uh you know it was just hits it was literally just 70 80 hits from respective games and that's how many there were and i'm not joking i think there were some games there where we had up over 80 90 hits i'm not even sure if they took hits at that time as a stat but we did we knew that we had to be physical against a veteran good team like dallas and that was our game plan going in if you turned away from a check you would hear about it on the bench but it was, you know, it's amazing. It's a different era. I saw a tweet from Theo Fleur the other day where he tried to take a run at uh, Glenn Anderson. <laughs> I mean, his stick, if he would have caught Anderson with that cross-check to the head, I mean, he might have been banned for life today. But it was just, it was a vicious, vicious game. And probably why I had so much respect for the stars of that era because they probably took a little bit more punishment um, than they should have in that era because they were targets and they're targets today no question they take the punishment today but um as a physical player I, I just expected that you know when i went into a game that was my mentality i buckled up the helmet um didn't quite put the foil on but i taped the wrist and i was ready to go it was one of those things where you're out there and you're ready just to battle because you knew it was going to be a physical affair and i just expected that but i didn't have to handle the puck i didn't have to shoot the puck i wasn't expected to put points up on the board and i've always had the utmost respect for the offensive players that have had to deal with that type of punishment and are still successful in being the best players in the game and i'll always have that respect for them because i know i couldn't do it and i was one of the guys that was trying to dish it out on a regular basis but it was they were wars back then they were they were really vicious hockey games well okay so look we're we're, we're gonna get back to the oilers lines and the options in a second here but you kind of brought something up i mean it was different and we're going through a, a, a time of awakening right now we'll talk a bit about this with berkey coming up a little bit later on i know you're gonna have george uh the rock who was you heard his comments on our show the other day yeah. what night are you guys gonna have uh is, is it an after hours thing that you're doing for sportsnet with yeah, uh, it's, after, it's after hours and it'll be on sunday morning at 9 a.m eastern is when it'll air we'll tape it friday with george and he was nice enough you know i contacted him this week to come on the show and yeah you know what it was you know it's impossible not um for me anyway to sit and listen right now to what sure. people have to say yeah. and you and i have talked about this at length and you know, thank you for the conversation yesterday from you because this is one of those things for me that I've I've sat and I've listened and tried to learn. And um, this this is a very serious thing. This is this is this is an absolute must. There's a right and there's a wrong, and we have to get this right. Simple as that. There's just yeah. no question. I mean, I've, in my lifetime, I've never seen so much conversation on the topic of racism. And I think that's a really good thing. This conversation leads to action, and action leads to changes. And I just, I just think that, you know, for me, uh, and you and I talked about it yesterday, um, it's hard to watch this. I mean, that video, uh, George Floyd, was, was disgusting. It was hard to watch. It was, and I couldn't watch the whole thing. I just, you know, I, I tried, but I couldn't because I just looked at it and said, you know, um, that's just too difficult to watch, to be honest with you. And I just, you know, I just think that it's, it's a must. It's yeah. necessary, and, and I really applaud the players that have stepped up. You talked about George LaRock. I know you had Kevin Weeks on the show earlier. Evander Kane, for me, was a guy that stepped up and really spearheaded the fact that we need to be more vocal 
everybody needs to be more vocal about this and I commend him for that too because I can tell you it probably wasn't easy for him and, and 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 good on him for doing that because I think it's this is something that that has to change and and we have to get this right all right on that note Louie I mean you're in a unique position because you played in the 90s in a time I mean there there are more goals and fights in the early 1990s uh, people think that the height of fighting was in the 70s with the Broad Street Bullies. That's incorrect. I mean, you had entire lines of guys. You had a, you just mentioned the nastiness that was out there. There was psychological warfare that took place. So you went through that as a player, and now you're at ice level. And my personal observation in my role is that players, yes, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. We all know that. But I think that players have come a long ways to be in uh, more open-minded and far more sensitive uh, to not be maybe being as offensive with what they would say on the ice. But you're I'm, like, we pick up some of the stuff that gets said on the ice. You're right there at ice level between the two benches. There are yeah. certain things that guys said back in the late eighties and early nineties that don't get said today because it is so uh, inappropriate. I mean, don't you find that to be the case? Absolutely. And, and rightfully so. Uh, you can't hide now. There's just too many, too many cameras, too many microphones. And that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing, though. And I think that, you know, a lot of those things are addressed immediately when they do happen. And, but I do agree with you. I think that there has been change, but not enough change. There needs to yeah. be more. And um, I, I can honestly tell you down there, I hear some nasty things going back and forth, but I've never heard anything racially said in front of me uh, when, I, when I'm doing a game. Um, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that, that, that I've never heard it myself personally, but that should never happen. That should never happen, and that should never be said. And that's, that's, the, that's the stance we have to take, and that's what has to happen. Yeah. Simple as that. This isn't a, this isn't a, this is a, this is a right or wrong thing for me. I, I, don't, I don't look at it really any other way. Louis DeBras joining us from NHL Hockey on Rogers and Sportsnet. Louis, uh, just switching, a, well, tying a bit into it, so we're seeing a little bit more peaceful protests taking place, uh, and that's that's a good thing. I think that's we all know that's hey, that's well within the right, especially in lieu of what happened uh, to George Floyd. Um, but you know, do you think there's any concern for maybe? Tying it back to sport, do you, do you think there'd be concern, as an example, for potential uh, pod host locations? You know, Absolutely. if there was a, you, you do, th- I, well, yeah, go for it. I, I don't. I'll even go further. I don't. I think that it's concern for society, Bob. I mean, yeah. sport for me is it takes a huge back seat to this. Like it's not even in the, in the same conversation. Personally, you know, I, I look at this and I'm concerned for society. I'm concerned for. Our countries. I'm concerned for our world, and that's kind of how I look at this. Uh, and I, you know, as I said, I think people now more than ever are listening, learning, yeah. and that that's really important. I think that's really important. And I just, you know, I'm trying to do that myself. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to learn. And my eyes have been open here too. I, and I and I really think that if you if you look in the mirror. And one thing that George LaRock said that really stood out to me was that it starts with us. It starts with every yeah. person individually. Simple as that. Be better. Well, there was an inclusive nature in the way that George spoke, right? 
and I, I think that that resonated with a lot of people. We're joined by Louis DeBrus. I know, Louis, I, you know, I guess I was getting really specific. I mean, I've had people ask me, Bob, does this change the complexion of Minneapolis potentially being one of the pod spots? And I'm like, well, if we're fortunate enough to get back up and playing, I, I kind of think you would have to factor that in, given that this has been about as, an, you know, this has been as, it's the epicenter of where everything occurred from. Yeah. And, and we and- can... And we we have no idea how long this is going to continue yeah, to take place for as well. That's right. Just I, I mean, I was just going to say that I, we have no idea what type of an effect it is going to have on that. We're we're just gonna we're going to have to wait and see. We really are. It's just you know, right now there's some real uncertain times here, and it's just we're going to have to wait to see how this plays out. To be honest, I think everybody right now is is hoping that obviously better heads prevail. Um, no more harm comes to people. People are safe. I mean, that for me is the most important thing throughout this whole pandemic, but now especially here with the racial tension, I think it's just, it's really important just to be safe and, and get back um, control, you know, get back to, again, looking in the mirror and just being better yourself and, and trying to change this, making sure we change it. Yeah, well, it's got, I mean, one of the things that's occurred here is because there's, and, and you can explain this better than anybody, when you're actually playing, and in, I mean, your, your focus is a little bit different, uh, the timing of this in concert with what's occurred with COVID, I mean, I, I think that's part of the reason why we've seen, uh, you know, virtually all the high-profile and significant players from the respective teams and organizations, a lot of them speak up here, is because they do have more time right now to think about this. And and you can't help. There's there's no way to ignore it. You can't just bury your head in the sand and say, this isn't going on when it's plain as day on a daily basis on whatever network you have. You might watch Fox a little. You might might watch CNN. You might watch, uh, you know, some guys I know watch ABC because they think that's the most neutral. Uh, You might watch CBC in Canada. You might watch CTV. You might watch Globe. Whatever you're watching, you know, it's the number one story out there. And it's bumped the coronavirus right now to the number two story, which almost, when you think about that's kind of hard to believe in many respects. But maybe, maybe it isn't at all hard to believe given the severity of what occurred. It's impossible to ignore, and I know that social media can be a hard place to navigate through. And you and I have talked about this over the years. It's yeah. you know you, you get in there, and it's it's you know it's a crazy environment. I don't necessarily think, for the most part, that it um, it's an example of what reality is. I think that there's a lot of people that get on there, and it's it, you can get swayed in a lot of different ways. But there's no question you can't ignore this right now. It's it's and you shouldn't ignore this right now, and. Like I said before, I commend everybody that stepped up, and it's time to listen and learn and act. Louis, if we do end up playing and the Oilers get through the first round, uh, we now know that uh, they will be reseeding the round of 24 into the round of 16, which means that theoretically Edmonton would play whoever, I guess, out of the teams that are guaranteed spots in the top four. Uh, whoever finishes with the fewest, because I think there's a chance that uh, Dallas, even though they were in the four hole and Edmonton was in the five hole, it might not be Dallas and Edmonton, depending on what happens there. Uh, so that's that's interesting. What do, what do you think of the fact that they're reseeding the round? I like that idea. I like it too. I do. I had a conversation with Jake about it, and you know, listen, we put so much emphasis on trying to finish as high as possible in the regular season for a reason. You should be a favorite. Um, 
and the teams, the four teams in, in each conference respectively that are getting a buy into the playoffs and not playing in that play-in round, they're going to have to do a round-robin two that I know people have argued about, um, saying why are they reseeding when they've, when they've gotten those four spots locked up. And that's where they were throughout the regular season, and they were shoe-ins for the playoffs pretty much. But listen, nothing's really fair about this whole thing. This is all kind of new for everybody involved. But I do like the fact that they are putting an emphasis on the seeds that have worked hard through the regular season to gain those 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 rankings. And after every round now, instead of just playing in the bracket and finishing out through division, you will get to play the lowest-ranked seed. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, when a team goes in and upsets a big team, and then comes in the next round and plays another big team, they could be on a real emotional high, and that can carry over. I mean, I know a lot of people say it doesn't carry over from series to series. It doesn't carry over from game to game. I've never agreed with that. I do think there's momentum, and we've seen teams go on some terrific runs in the playoffs of 2006. Edmonton Oilers are one of them. They took out the Detroit Red Wings in the first round, and they never looked back until they went to the final versus Carolina. Um, you can ride that wave. You can ride that emotion. And... You know, it'll be interesting. But I, I agree with it too, Bob. You know, the, the, to answer your question, yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's it's good. Louie, great stuff. Appreciate your time. Have fun with George coming up on the weekend, okay? We'll do, Bob. You take care. You bet. That's Louie DeBras. Brian Burke coming up for Canadian Power Pack into NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing until June 13th. Get up to 80% off at the Elite Clearance Center, 28A St. Anne Street in St. Albert. And here's Brendan Escott. All right, so this is just breaking. We have an unidentified Pittsburgh Penguin player who has tested positive for COVID-19. Apparently, he was not with the team when this was discovered. That, according to a Twitter report from our NHL insider, John Shannon, can also tell you that the NHL and NHLPA have finalized the format for the playoffs, if it's still to get off the ground. It'll be a five-game play-in series, and then every series thereafter will be seven games. Ottawa Senators Foundation, rather, has seven ties with Capital Sports and Entertainment, meaning that the team is going to be a separate entity from the charitable organization that once bared the same name. The Sens Foundation formed 22 years ago and will not pursue a new deal when the partnership expires on July 31st. Hockey Canada lifted its national ban on sanctioned activities, which allows each member association to work with its own local health authorities on a return-to-play plan. Of course, Hockey Canada pulled the plug on everything back on March 12th. And we can say also that CBA talks have reportedly heated up main discussion points Bob talking about escrow the cap hockey related revenue and Darren Dreger is saying that a stabilized escrow system is the key to this particular negotiation Rick and Jasper has Texas on our actually fine floors text line hey Bob speaking of being better quit turning this into a pod conversation with every guest uh, we get it you're doing the OEG's bidding but that should be the last thing on our minds. That one comes to us from Rick and Jasper. Uh, Rick, they actually have a bunch of people doing the bidding, but that's okay. And uh, given where the epicenter of what occurred with George Floyd took place, uh, it's a factor uh, in terms of things for Minneapolis. And Brian Lawton's based there. Dave Tippett, we had him on. He was in the state of Minnesota as well yesterday. Brian Burke is coming up for Canadian Power Pack. Off to, uh, thanks again for the text, Rick, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.